Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today we have some great stories, and our first story of the day is from Cheesecutter13, malicious compliance from my clerk. Whilst serving in the British Army, I was posted as a training warrant officer, sergeant major, to a reserve unit, them part-time, me full-time, organizing training weekends, etc. One of my colleagues, also a sergeant major, Dave, married, was having an affair with some floozy. He decided he didn't want to keep it going, so basically he ghosted her. Anyway, she found the number for the unit clerk. I shall call her Linda and rung her asking where Dave was and why he hadn't replied to her calls. I was in her office using the communal PC when she received the call, and covering the phone, asked me what to tell her. I spun her out of my chair, and offhandedly jokingly told her, tell her he was killed in Afghanistan or something. She looked me dead in the eye, put the phone to her lips, and said to Floozy, sorry, he was killed in Afghanistan, then put the phone down. Shoot, I thought that was a bit harsh, but then quickly forgot about it. Anyway, Floozy now finds the commanding officer's phone number and rings and asks why she was never informed her boyfriend Dave was killed on active duty. Cue an investigation which was passed on to my slash Dave's boss, a major, Bob, to get to the bottom of this. Bob is a clever guy and does his homework before getting Dave in to have it out. Are you having or have been having an affair with said Floozy? No, sir, never. Not me. Are you 100% sure about this? Never, sir. I'm a married man. This is your last chance to come clean. No, sir. Not me. Never. Major Bob then turns his computer screen around, displaying an email which Dave had sent to Floozy, unclothed, standing at full attention. Then explain this. Dave says, okay, okay, maybe I messed up a bit. Oh, the joy of listening to the unraveling of this saga, which I basically initiated with some expert malicious compliance from Linda. Today I learned that apparently it's not kosher to do those things in the British Army. Do you think even sending such email using the military computers should be enough to get them discharged? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Keto Donzi. Only do accounting work during your two weeks notice. After working at a toxic office job for a few years, I decided it was time for me to leave. I gave my a bit more than two week notice and started to organize my myriad of tasks to hand off. I was an accounts payable assistant and the company had created my position and added various tasks with other departments over the years. I helped with accounting, inventory, audits, customer service, marketing, sales, and events. My primary manager, we'll call her Barb, was the accounting manager and there was always a struggle because she assigned the extra work to me but then refused to acknowledge that I did jobs for other departments than hers. She was the primary reason for me leaving. Every day I ask her if we can have a meeting to discuss my different tasks, how I've organized them and how to complete them as no one does these tasks in the company but me. She refuses to meet with me and reminds me to keep up with deadlines. No problem. 
For the next two weeks, Barb doesn't remove a single task from my plate. She refuses to meet with me for any reason and consistently sends condescending emails about the lack of work effort she's seeing from me. I don't have the email saved anymore, but they all included the same message. I'm the boss, just do your job. I brought this to the owner's attention since I worked closely with her about how I felt there was no bridge to the next person in my position. I was told, Barb runs the accounting department, so do what she says. Yes, ma'am. I showed up every day and worked as if I wasn't leaving. Other managers asked me who was taking over tasks I handled for them. I referred them to Barb, who told them she handled accounting, not their departments, and to stop wasting her time. She then told me to work only on accounting-related tasks, as that was the position, regardless of the last few years of my tasks being spread across the company. I got this in writing and printed a few copies to cover myself. On my last day, Barb called me in her office and scolded me for ignoring 75% of my duties. Specifically, inventory was due that day and I hadn't begun it. I reminded her of the accounting work only demand, which she claimed wasn't referring to inventory too. She told me to compile a list of all the non-accounting jobs I handled, to which I was prepared with a list. Many of these had deadlines missed or coming soon, but I had ignored per her instructions. I was told that if I didn't meet deadlines for the week, she would not give me a good reference. She also told me to stay as late as I need to finish up. I didn't need her reference, and I wasn't staying late on my last day. I forwarded the email of her telling me to not complete any other jobs to the owner, along with the list of missed or close deadlines that wouldn't be met now. Then I clocked out and left and never returned. This was years ago, and from what I've heard, she still runs the accounting department for them. I was the one blamed for tasks not being complete. Oh well. Oh well is right. If you gave the owner all the evidence they needed to reconsider whether or not this person's right for the company and doing the right thing by their business, and they do nothing about it, that's on the owner, not on you. And it doesn't really affect you if you have to play scapegoat. So, oh well. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every single video has awesome stories like our final story of the day from St. Harrop. I got back at them big time. I worked for two years at a tile store. I handled customers as well as worked in the warehouse. Not to brag, but for those two years I worked the earliest shift that no one wanted because you had to receive the daily truck and put the tile orders away by hand at 6 in the morning. But I also said I would work every Saturday as well. Now, I didn't do this because I hated myself and wanted to suffer. It was because I wanted the outside sales job. The outside salesman that got the job entered right after I started, and we hit it off quickly. We'll call him Joe. Joe confided in me that he had no plans to continue this job after about a year or so. So from the get-go, I said I wanted that job and worked my butt off to get it. Pulling shifts no one wanted, doing jobs no one would do, and doing things that were definitely not part of my job description. This included doing a lot of the outside sales job. I would take over when Joe would call out or just needed help. He came to rely on me and gave me part of his job. I saw this as a type of internship and thought it would pay off. Fast forward two years, Joe tells me that he's about to put his two weeks in and to get my resume together. He puts in his two-week notice. I immediately put my application in. 
I got the backing from both Joe and the branch manager to get the job and did a pretty good job on the interview. I knew that I was pretty much a shoe-in for the job. I had seniority and had never caused a problem in the time there. I had a very good relationship with the contractors I sold to and knew all of them by name. The main part of the outside sales job was working with the contractors. So I felt confident to say the least that I had what the company was looking for. Two other employees applied as well. An ex-convict who had anger problems, that'll come up later, we'll call him Bob, and a recently hired woman who had no experience in tile, we'll call her Anne. The only other job she had ever done was as a secretary, and she was currently just helping customers with selections. Both of them were older than me, I was in my early 20s and both of them in the 30s. A couple days after that, I got a call from HR telling me I didn't get the job. Instead, they wanted to give it to Anne. I won't lie, I thought I misheard or it was a prank at first. The only reason HR would give to me as to why they passed me up for the position was, you're just too good of a worker and valuable at your position for us to lose you. You do such a good job and are so responsible, we would hate to lose that. So, because I'm good at my job, you won't hire me for another one with more responsibilities? They say, yep. But to show how much we appreciate you, we're giving you a $1 raise. I say, do I still get my yearly $1 raise on top of this in a couple of months? They say, no, think of this as we're giving it to you two months early. I was fuming for a couple of days. Their excuse didn't make sense and I had a feeling that I was being discriminated against due to my age. However, I was set upon making a point that they chose the wrong person. Because I was so good at my job, I didn't get the outside sales job. So, if I was bad at my job, maybe they would promote me then. Let me rephrase, I wasn't bad at my job, but I told my manager that I no longer would work the morning shift, would no longer be there on Saturdays, would no longer do the worst jobs, and would no longer be doing any jobs that fell outside of my description, including the outside sales job I'd been helping with. And goes out for a couple of weeks for training and personal time, during which things are already starting to fall apart. My manager asks me to fill in for Anne just while she's away. He understands why I'm doing what I am, but asks as a personal favor. I agree and things begin to get back to where they were before. Anne comes back and I resume my firm stand. Anytime something was supposed to be done by the outside sales position that I normally did, I would send it her way. Customers, problems, heavy to lift things, and other favors I used to do for Joe, I refused to do for her. It gave me a little relief to see her running everywhere, trying to get everything done. She only asked me once to help her, to which I just told her it wasn't my job. Those first couple of weeks, things were a little rough as most of the jobs were left over from when Joe and I were running things. So most of the problems came from the daily grind. But the weeks that followed were chaotic to say the least. Items came in late, jobs were missing or unordered, contractors didn't understand where their materials were. Mind you, these guys get paid per job, so every day their material isn't there is another day they don't work or get paid. So when their materials don't come in, their workers who are paid hourly are getting paid for no reason at all. My favorite one is when she accidentally sent an order across the country, costing the company thousands, as we lost money on that job. As things were starting to turn into the dumpster fire I knew it would, HR called me in to talk about my attitude. We've heard of your attitude as of late. It doesn't sound like you're being a team player. 
I say, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Have I said something hurtful to someone? They say, no. I say, did I hurt someone's feelings unintentionally? They say, no. I say, I don't understand what attitude you're talking about then. They say, we've received word that you aren't being as helpful as you were to Joe as you are now to Anne. I say, well, you see, I'm far too valuable at my current job. I can't possibly detract away from that. They immediately saw that they made a mistake in giving me that reason as to why they didn't hire me. They then told me that I needed to be more of a team player and would pay me an additional dollar an hour when the yearly raise came around in two months. I told them that it wasn't my job to do what they were asking, and if they wanted me to do that, then they would have to negotiate my contract. They told me that they would need to discuss it and to reconsider being a team player. I didn't relent, and they weren't interested in renegotiating my contract. Well, two months after Anne got the job and things went to heck, she stepped down. Again, I put in my resume, as did Bob. Now remember how I said that he had a slight anger issue? Well, that came to a head just before Anne put her two-week notice in. Bob threatened a contractor. The contractor was a real piece of work, but that doesn't excuse the fact that Bob threatened the guy. Regardless, with this now happening and Anne putting in her two weeks, I couldn't see how they couldn't hire me. It was me or someone who threatened customers. I once again go through the process, but this time I play my cards close to my chest. They didn't know that after Anne was first chosen over me, I started to look for a new job. Just as this interview process was going on, a company called me back and offered me an outside sales job at their company. It was lower pay than my current companies, but they didn't need to know that. They also didn't need to know that I accepted the position and told them I needed to finish my two weeks. I wasn't going to give them my two weeks though. I was going to make it look like it was a competition and try to string it for those two weeks. The company offered me the outside sales job and nearly begged me to take it. They apologized for making the bad decision of picking Anne over me and told me that they would love to have me in the position. Now let the fun begin. I promptly told them that I would need to think about this as their competitor had also just offered me that same job for a higher pay. The look on their faces was to die for. I pretended that it was a back and forth for two weeks, which conveniently went over Anne's quitting date and my new job's starting date. They got anxious because they now didn't have anyone for the job and finally gave me a final offer. I promptly shot them down and told them I didn't want to work for a company that treats hardworking employees like crap. They can sleep in the bed they made. Then I told them that I was starting the next day at the other company. I've never been so happy. I think the only thing that disappoints me in this story is OP had to turn down a bigger salary and after the back and forth, probably a decent chunk higher to go work at the new place. But I mean, you can't really trust a place that's going to go and backstab you like that, where you're working hard and overextending yourself and because they want you to just keep doing that for no money, are going to try to overlook you for a big promotion. It's like they can't understand why you would be working so hard. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to see another malicious compliance story that was even more insane than the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. With that said, I'll see you all next time for some more stories. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.